The Packers clinch a first round bye in the NFC playoff race for the second time in two years. I'm Joey of Underage Packers. Let's recap that week 17 game and look ahead to the 2021 NFL playoffs. All I have to say right now, I already see worrying about how the Packers are going to potentially stop Tampa Bay if they have to play him. How are they going to stop flimsy Drew Brees? What are they going to do against Buffalo? What are they going to do against Kansas City? I don't want to hear it. All that matters right now is the fact that the Packers are the first seed in the NFC and that any challenger in that conference is going to have to come through a snowy, cold, terrible condition Lambeau field and the Packers are used to playing it. That's all I care about right now. I don't know about you, but we got 13 days here. I don't care, um, you know, right now. I'm not going to worry about uh, Tampa Bay in a rematch of a catastrophe in Week 5. Packers are the first seed. So today we're not going to be talking too terribly much about the playoffs. We'll do that this Friday. I just want to take another year in review here. Uh, some stats, some nuggets from this year, all those great stats. Look, I it's going to be tough when this season ends. And the fact that it could end in 13 days, two weeks here is so disappointing. Um, you know, last year, I know I wasn't going to talk about the playoffs, but last year going into the playoffs, I said I will be happy with this team if they win one playoff game, so if they win the divisional round and they put up a good fight in the championship round, they didn't put up a good fight in the championship round, but they won a playoff game. This year, I'm going in and I'm saying with the team you have, I will be disappointed if it, at the very least, it doesn't end in a Super Bowl berth. With the way Aaron Rodgers is playing, with the way um, this team is playing, built the fact that you have the number one scoring offense the fact that you have one of the best defenses Aaron Rodgers has ever played with if we do not end this season by going to Tampa Bay I'm not going to be very happy I'm going to be pretty disappointed always you know you appreciate it I'm not going to say this season is a waste but it's going to be much more memorable going to be much more uh, special to the heart if it ends with hoisting Lombardi for the fifth time in the franchise history Let's talk about today. You know, it's a day where every coach gets fired. That's or they're parting ways. Um, a little over two years ago, um, the Packers decided to fire Mike McCarthy after a December 12th loss, or maybe it was Week 12 loss to the Arizona Cardinals, where Mason Crosby missed what would have been a game-winning field goal. They moved on from Mike McCarthy, but on January 7th of 2019, the Packers decided. To take a chance and do something pretty untraditional, hire a rookie head coach, hire someone who's never been a head coach before, and as Rob Reichel likes to point out, his stat-wise in Tampa or Tennessee wasn't the best. Looking at the 2019 coaching stint, the coaching hires, Matt LaFleur is clearing away the best hire out of there, um, the Broncos, Vic Fangio, the Cardinals, Cliff Kingsbury. Uh, the Jets, Adam Gase, the legend, uh, who the Packers were interviewing, and Mark Murphy, Brian Gutekunst, after they sat down with Matt LaFleur, he sa- they said, there's the guy, and they were completely correct about that. His stats weren't too good in Tennessee uh, as an offense coordinator, but the Packers hired Matt LaFleur because they saw his leadership, which is uh, really undervalued, at least in the Twitter world of understanding who is made to be a head coach. Uh, they saw his leadership. They saw his innovation in offense. They liked what they saw uh, from what type of coaching tree he was coming from. Kyle Shanahan, uh, Sean McVay. They saw someone that could really carry Aaron Rodgers into success in the final years of his career. 
And here we are. Rodgers just won his third MVP. I don't think they expected that. Um, and Matt LaFleur has done a fantastic job. And not only has he been winning games, he's been adding new juice to this offense, new spice, something that we haven't seen in a while in uh, Green Bay and Titletown. Matt LaFleur, God bless you, 27-7, and including the playoffs in his first two years career. Uh, two first-round buys, the first coach to do that since George Seifert. He's pretty historic, uh, if you can't tell already. So I'm really excited to see the future of Matt LaFleur, and hopefully he's with us for a very long time, whoever... Uh, and whenever we decide to move on from Aaron Rodgers and whoever takes her over, um, Matt LaFleur, thank you. Thank you, Brian Gutekinds and Mike, Mark Murphy for making the higher. Can't thank you enough. Let's talk about QB1. What a season for him. Going into these past two seasons, each time I said 10-6. and six. That's my prediction. Last year, it was a rookie head coach. This year, I, I didn't see... Uh, I, I thought it was a harder schedule. I didn't think there was some vast improvement. I saw regression from some players like Aaron Rodgers, um, and that was the complete opposite. Uh, Aaron Rodgers improved uh, from his second year in the system. Devontae Adams somehow took another step up. Aaron Jones was another key piece of this offense. And, uh, you know, their offense line play was fantastic thanks to Adam Sinovich right there. So, Aaron Rodgers playing like an MVP his third season, and that MVP cannot be uh, stated enough. I mean, even if he doesn't win it, he's clear in a way. Uh, the Packers would not have 13 wins, so that trophy doesn't mean too much at the end of the day. All that matters is we know in our hearts he was the most valuable player to us, and he won us 13 great games this season. His stats are incredible, too. He leads the league in all types of stats, um, but his main ones, 4,299 yards. I'm going to try to read these off my head. 51 total touchdowns at the age of 37. Um, a passer rating of 121.5. I believe he leads the league in that. Uh, highest completion percentage of his career and in the league at 70.73. Throws he made, the way he operated in the system, the way, just incredible. And this is so, and, and it makes you question, it makes you question what would have happened if we hired someone like Matt LeFleur literally after the 2016 season. Man. It kind of hurts. It kind of hurts that Mike McCarthy overstayed his stay here in Green Bay and that they went 6-9-1 with Aaron Rodgers on their team. It kind of seems even more right now when you see their potential. Um, Brian Gutekinds, let, let's talk a little bit about him now. Uh, people, patience. Me and Big B are probably the biggest defenders of Brian Gutekinds just because of the absolute crap we've had to go through on Instagram and Twitter. Uh, us younglings getting all these Twitter and Instagram, uh, not Facebook, arguments in the comment section. There's the amount of defending we've had to do with Rashawn Gary, um, you know, all of his draft classes, and, and having patience. And here we are, Rashawn Gary and Darnell Savage are, are two of the biggest pieces of the defense, uh, bringing in Zedarius and Adrian Amos in one year, and then Billy Turner and Preston Smith as well. Unbelievable. I mean, this team is definitely not where it is with just that offseason of those signings. Uh, it's not where it is without the draft class of 2019, the draft class of 2018. Even if all you're getting in that 2018 draft class is uh, Jair Alexander and MVS, if that's your only talent you're getting from there, pretty good, eh? I mean, Brian Goodkins, I'm really excited that he's the GM of the Packers, and once again, it makes you question, 
man, would have loved to see him here uh, instead of Ted Thompson overstaying and staying until 2017. It seems a little bit there, but Byron Gutekind's an incredible job of building this team, and we can uh, tomorrow and thank all of our prayers that <laughs> thank our lucky stars for all of the moves the Packers have made in the past two years to make this incredible turnaround here. All right, let's get to some more stats provided by my good friend Wes Hockowitz here. The Packers offense was electric this year. They ranked first in scoring with 31.8 points per game. You know, something crazy. I was scrolling back to May, uh, Aaron Agler's daily chats after the draft, and somebody said the Packers will struggle to score 24 points in a game. And I found him on Twitter, and I I, I added him. I mentioned him uh, in that comment, that same guy. So 31.8 points per game, absolutely incredible. Total offense, now, you know, offense and defensive rankings get really situational. So it's you can't take too much from them. But total offense, fifth, 389 yards per game, incredible. Rushing offense, eighth per league in the league 132.4 yards per game that is incredible as well passing offense ninth 256.6 yards per game all that matters is that they are first in scoring because once again it's so situational uh Aaron Rodgers and Packers have never really been stat guys and the fact you know like Aaron Rodgers mentions marrying the passing and the run game together chef's kiss right there um aaron jones aj dillon i'm really excited to see what they can add down the stretches uh, and of course the goat jamal williams you got aaron Rodgers. it's exciting packers offense is incredible the packers defense isn't really getting enough credit uh they finished ninth in total yards per allowed with 334 which seems like a lot but ninth in the league that is the first time they finished in the top 10 since 2010 there's a little fun nugget right there for you Packers team is pretty special here. Um, they're coming on at the right time. And you look at these other teams like the Chiefs, who uh, haven't played the best in December. Who knows what happens to them in the playoffs. And uh, Packers getting hot at the right time. They've always been hot this year. But they've probably, they're have probably coming off their two best games here in December. They played great against Philly. Pretty good against Detroit. I am so excited for it. Um, let's take a look here at a little bit of a recap of that Bears game. Then we'll talk a little bit about the playoffs, so just a teensy bit right there. Uh, and then maybe some award predictions, all that good stuff. And me and Big B will be back this Friday, like I said. All right, I think the Bears had a really good game plan, and it's pretty much a, a pretty simple one. Uh, pretty old as the times, or whatever the saying is, pretty old, uh, traditional one that, you know, it's going to work. It's pretty simple. Keep the ball away from the good quarterback. Bears were able to do that. Um, they had a they dominated the time of possession. I believe they had 70 plays, and the Packers only had 46 on offense right there, somewhere around there. The Bears had a lot more plays, had a lot more time of possession than the Green Bay Packers. But th th here's the thing. The better team won because the Packers were able to punt points on the board a lot quicker. The Bears had an eight-minute drive and scored. Packers went back and scored in two or three minutes. The Bears, uh, you know, one drive where they... Shannon Zolving gets a good stop on fourth and one. Boom. You, you go Packers, take advantage of it, and score a touchdown. The Bears throw an interception. Money Mitch, uh, his former teammate, Adrian Amos. Boom. Not going to work for you right there. Devontae Adams breaking the the franchise record for receptions, tying the franchise record for single season uh, touchdowns at 18. Absolutely incredible. David Montgomery had a 
okay game. It wasn't as much as a problem as we expected here, but the Bears thrived on the play-action pass, and look, as much as people, including me earlier in the season, like to say uh, Mike Pettin never made adjustments, they sure as heck made an adjustment in the second half to play action passes uh, by using more safety play, making sure they're not biting on those runs, and they did a great job of defending that in the second half, taking away what you can with Mitch Trubisky. He's not going to throw it deep. I mean, he tried to, what, two times? Uh, one of them, he somehow got it from pretty bad coverage from yeah, the safety and Kevin King. Uh, the other time, it was awful. So, you know, Mitch is going to throw short. Packers defended it pretty well. And as uh, my friend Corey Banky says, you live and die on fourth down. Takes one good play by the defense. And the defense made that with Chandon Sullivan. Should have had the pick six right there, but it's all right. We went down and scored anyways, having a long sustained drive. Great game by the Packers. I was worried it would go down as an ugly win. But it wasn't at the end with Adrian Amos interception. That was the ceiling on the cake. The fact that Adrian Amos can go in there. I mean, he has not had a game as a Packer in Soldier Field yet where he has not had a back-breaking interception for the Chicago Bears. I love to see it right there. I asked Wes Hockwitz about this a few weeks ago. What is the identity of the 2020 Packers? And I think after these last few games, we found out a lot. Here's what I would say the identity of the 2020 Packers is on both sides of the ball. Offense can score quick. They can have long sustained drives. They can meet, beat you in multiple ways. Even if you attempt to take away Devontae Adams, which good luck with that. Uh, they have Robert Tunyon. They have Aaron Jones they can use as a receiver out of the backfield. If you take away their pass, maybe Aaron Rodgers is having a bad day. One in 100 chance that happens there. But, you know, they can use the run game. They just ran for 200 yards on a team, you know. Uh, as far as the defense goes, they're going to get some interceptions. You might be able to score on them sometimes, but they've done a really good job at making sure they're not going to beat. Mike Pettin's system is working, people. I know a lot of people don't want to hear it, but Mike Pettin's philosophy is going into plan, and it's working. It's being very effective as of now, uh, these past few weeks right now. Packers, they, like I said, they're going to get turnovers at the right time. And uh, you better you better have an option other than a short dink and dunks on Kevin Keene's side. You're not going to throw to Jair Alexander unless you're desperate. So if you're doing dink and dunks to Kevin Keene's side just because um, you know he's going to play off, it's frustrating. But he's not going to like you to get that 20-yard pass there. Uh, the linebackers, the pass rush is pretty strong. You got to get that ball out quick. You got to not allow Zedarius Rashawn Gary to get time. You're going to struggle running against Rashawn Gary's side. That's been made clear these past few weeks. They have a strong interior. Uh, well, may maybe not really outside of Kenny Clark, but they just signed Snacks Harrison. That's that's quite a bit of an identity for the 2020 Packers. I'm so excited. Uh, like I said, I'm not going to worry about who the Packers might have to play. Packers by 50. Come to Lambeau Field. I dare you. Uh, thanks, everybody, for watching. Like I said, I'll be back with Big B this week. Or the Friday, we will welcome uh, Maggie Loney and Mayor, uh, MK Burgess uh, to preview the playoffs and take another overview of the Packers 2020 season. Can't thank you all enough for watching. Make sure to follow me on Twitter at JoeyGPG. Follow us at Twitter on Underage Packers. Subscribe to the YouTube channel. Follow us on Spotify. Give us a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts. Pretty professionally, am I right? Had a great time with you today. Hopefully you enjoyed your listen. I'll see you later. Go Pack Go.